This is Marriage to the Max, episode number 14. Welcome to another episode of Marriage to the Max. I'm your host, Brett Hurst. And I'm Kelly Hurst. And we're both marriage educators and co-founders of Home Encouragement. This podcast, as always, is designed to help you take your marriage to the next level. Our hope is always very simple. We just want to encourage you in your marriage relationship. We believe that healthy marriage should be a front burner conversation, and we are here to help that happen. In this episode, we're going to be discussing setting goals in marriage, and it's very logical that that would be our topic today because why it's, is that? Because it's New Year's Day, so Happy New Year! Happy New Year! Wait. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry. Man, that went off without a hitch. <laughs> well, since we're recording podcasts today, I thought I would bring my recorder. Just happened to have it lying around. I just happened to buy it at Toys R Us. It was not a very high quality recorder, so that'll probably be, I think I'm going to retire it. That reminds me of a very funny moment when our kids were in school and they had, every year they had to do that, like the fourth grade recorder concert. And there were like 200 children on a platform with recorders doing some bossa nova. We <laughs> found it, it very really difficult. It really was a, bo- a bossa nova. <laughs> very difficult to uh, hold in the laughter. It was quite entertaining. So anyway, setting goals in marriage. That's our topic. So the first uh, question, I guess, I'll throw a question to you, Kel. Okay. What's your favorite uh, aspect about starting off a new year? Well, I have a couple of favorite things. One is I love that it's cold weather. Usually, uh, you're alone we're in on Houston, that. so that's hit or miss. It yeah. may be cold, maybe 85. And I'd rather it be 85, 90 degrees. Indeed, we're quite opposite on that. But I love, I do love the idea of January because it's just kind of like starting fresh, clean slate. You know, I'm a huge Christmas girl. I love having the house done with Christmas decorations. But when you finally get to kind of put it all away and, you know, we kind of spring clean a little bit, you know, after we put all the holiday decorations away. And And when you say we. When I say we, I mean all of us. Yeah. Uh, uh, and, And then just kind of like starting over. January just for me is like everything's possible again. You know, you can new month, new year, just new goals. It's all good. I like it. Okay. What's your least favorite thing about starting the new year? Is that Christmas is another 11, 12 months away. That's huh. my saddest thing about January. Yeah, mine is putting away all the decorations. Up That's in, your favorite thing? No. no. It would be the non-favorite thing. So anyway. <laughs> well, as we often say, marriage, uh, like so many other things, has to be re-inspired all the time. And You were talking about seasons. Every season brings about potential challenges. Every season brings even potential stagnation in a relationship. So if we want to continue to nurture our marriages, we have to think creatively, sometimes even outside of the box. So what kinds of goals might we set in our marriages as we're looking toward the new year? 
Well, I think you can, before you start kind of thinking in terms of what categories do we want to set goals, I think you can do two things to sort of find your starting point. The first thing you can do is really kind of an organic thing where you just ask yourself what is lacking or missing in the relationship. You know, does it feel like we're not connecting? Does it feel like Mm -hmm. we're not having a lot of fun? Does it feel like we're, our finances are not in order? You know, whatever. Sometimes you can just kind of have a gut feeling of what we need to work on. Are you having fun right now? I'm having a total blast. <laughs> yeah, I, our, our poor listeners can't, can't tell that when you pull that recorder out, it just, I don't know, it signals me to laugh. So then it makes you laugh and you can't uh, I think it irritates you perform a little bit too, at so. your utmost. The second thing, (laughs) besides just kind of acting, you know, asking yourself what's, you know, what's missing, what's kind of lacking is to take more of um, a bird's eye perspective by taking a look at your checkbook and your calendar. Those are kind of two places that you can tell where your real priorities have played out, you know, and we're not talking about your perceived priorities, the things that you say you really value. Mm -hmm. These are actual values, you know, so. What do you mean? Well, like whatever's in. Your calendar and your date book, whatever yeah, you have that, scheduled and whatever checks you're actually writing or whatever. Yeah, that's where you're spending your time and your money. So Nobody writes checks anymore. Well, you know what I mean. Yeah. You're whatever. You're quick and QuickBooks. Yeah. Um, but, you know, if you and I say that we highly value a weekly date night and we haven't been on a date in six weeks, then Something's not yeah, we're up. not exactly living out our perceived values. And so sometimes you can just kind of take a look at that and go, what needs to be shifted here? What mm-hmm. do we need to do to improve? Okay. Well, when we ask uh, couples what improvements they'd like to make in their marriage, they usually tell us um, things like they want to spend more time together, they want to have more fun together, they want to have less stress in their life, but do it together, they want to communicate better. So we've broken out about seven general areas of relationship aspects that you can begin talking about in thinking about what goals you might want to set together as a couple for the new year. So the first one uh, that we mentioned is physical intimacy, romance. How do you prioritize, even schedule something into your lifestyle? You know, how do you how do you get that going again? Uh, something that society says should be a natural response. You should just feel it, but mm-hmm. but sometimes if you just leave it to just feeling it, <laughs> you don't. You know, exactly. <laughs> so sometimes you have to be intentional about putting it on the calendar, making plans. Right. Um, and when we tell our premarital couples that, they sort of look at us like, what in the world are you talking about? Like, I would never have to schedule that or prioritize that. And then you reach a point in your life where you kind of do because mm-hmm. kids and work and uh, stress and everything, it takes it out of you. And by the time the end of the day rolls around, you're tired, right. you know. And um, But, you know, we always talk about if you watch enough movies, you'll start to believe that something may be wrong with you because – if you're not craving sex 24-7, like every sex all the time. movie character, you know that something must be wrong with you. Right. Um, but, you know, we just talk about how you got to put – sometimes you got to put it on the calendar. It doesn't sound very romantic mm-hmm. to say to do that. Um, but, you know, we talk to a lot of couples that are struggling in this area – and sometimes we find out that there's like a phys- physiological issue. You know, mm-hmm. sometimes we'll ha- start having the conversation and a couple has either, you know, their, their sex life is really fizzled or it's just completely kind of died out altogether. Mm-hmm. And sometimes we back the conversation up and find out that sex has maybe been uncomfortable or maybe painful or it mm-hmm. just hasn't functioned like Which it. Which is very common. Yeah, it's totally common. And so 
um, rather than figuring out how to improve their sex life, they just kind of fizzle it out. So we. So talk- when you get in those situations, even having a good relationship with your family doctor mm-hmm. or your OB/GYN and or other professionals is mm-hmm. quite okay. Or read a helpful book, or mm-hmm. there's some resources online. We have those on our website. Um, you know, this is a, an easy part of the relationship to fix. Right. No, I agree. Another logical discussion point as far as looking toward the future is communication. And we talk about this all the time. It continually is a topic of discussion. Um, because if you're not having meaningful communication, chances are other things in your marriage are not working uh, on all cylinders either. Uh, for instance, you're probably not having meaningful sex, perhaps. Um, you say that communication is the best form of foreplay there is. I say. That's what you say. I think most women would agree. And I know what you're saying. <laughs> what, what you're saying is when you're connecting, when you're communicating together, it definitely draws you toward one another. You feel more intimate with each other, and then that yeah. makes things move more easily uh, down the and that's always a good thing yeah and you know it's just an obvious thing that it's what we've said many times in the past you've got to continually take an interest in one another continually turn towards each other continually uh, nurture fondness and affection for each other find the time in your day to talk about the fun things the the stuff that's not the daily grind uh, daily grind category, you know, not how you're managing the household and how you're managing even your relationship and so forth, but just just having fun together. Right. It's always challenging because we live in a very marg- marginless society. I mean, I know we say this a lot too, but I just don't know anybody that uh, is not struggling with this on some level that we have what, so just finding time yeah just that we have so many things going on in our lives <clears> and we're <throat> racing from one thing to another and so our response to that is you've got to schedule in time to not be in a rush mm-hmm. and that that can be a challenge and that takes discipline to do that mm-hmm. yeah so the next category that we talk about setting goals is conflict management. And when we teach this stuff, we tend to teach conflict management right alongside with communication because they're so closely tied. They're kind of two sides of the same coin. Mm-hmm. I mean, not always, but generally speaking, if you're pretty good at communication and you're both really good speakers and really good listeners, um, you know, and communication so much is grounded in respect. Mm-hmm. Um, if you're doing that well, chances are probably pretty good that you're managing your conflict pretty well too or kind of navigating it really well. But if you're unhappy mm-hmm. with how you're if you if you're arguing a lot or if you're just not happy with how you're doing um, your disagreements or your conflict, learn how to do it better. Mm-hmm. Take a class, read a good book because all of this stuff, it's all learned skills. Mm-hmm. You know, none of us come into the world just naturally great at relationships. And that's really great news, you it's know, that great this news. is stuff that anybody can learn and anyone yeah, can apply Yeah, and that's what actually their... comes back more and more in the marriage education research is that mm-hmm. people can learn how to do conflict better. And so, yeah. And you don't want your conflict styles to start turning into contempt and deep resentment, which, you know, years into that can really, that's really hard to turn that train around when you've gotten there. So you don't like how you're doing your conflict to learn how to do it better. Mm-hmm. And we always want to add in this area that prayer is also very important. The more you're in a habit of prayer, the more you're depending on God to 
let's say, relieve you from your own Mm -hmm. self-centeredness, the more inclined you are to be able to manage conflict well. Very good. And then another uh, area would be finances. Um, Finances is always, and there's a lot of people that do this on New Year's Day. Mm -hmm. They set resolutions about either trying to reach financial goals or manage their finances better. Kind of get things in order. Uh Uh-huh. If you haven't already done this, start a budget. Mm -hmm. I know that's a cuss word for some people. Uh, (laughs) They can say cash flow plan. That's right. Call it something else. If you you don't like the word budget, call it a cash flow plan. We're big fans of Dave Ramsey, like so many other people. He's a great daily radio show. Uh, He's written books about how how to have financial freedom. Sit together as a couple, dream about what you want your financial future to look like, and then put a plan in place, and then pray about making it happen. Mm -hmm. You know, dream together. That's right. Sex and money continue to be the least discussed topics in marriage, and they're always at the top of the chart on the list of conflict. And I think we've said this many times. They're also the two topics that seem to show up most in uh, divorce court. Mm -hmm. So there is a connection with not talking about something and also experiencing problems in that same area. So talk about sex, talk about money. And you're listening to Marriage to the Max. Welcome back to Marriage to the Max. We're continuing our conversation about setting goals in marriage, looking toward the new year, all that. So uh, before the break, Kel, we talked about sexual intimacy and communication and conflict management and finances. Uh, what else can we set goals about? Well, we can set goals and make improvements in the area of fun and friendship in our marriage. Most couples say how much fun they had when they were dating. <laughs> Thank you so much for that. Sorry. I'm, I'm about to throw that across the room, by the way. But, uh, and so, just trying to have fun. <laughs> oh, good. That was just right in there. Okay. And how they felt about their partner when they were dating. They called them their best friend and had so much fun together. And then sadly, some couples, after they get married, they kind of let that slip away. So we just try to encourage couples to get creative about how to have fun together again. You know, maybe the stuff you did when you were dating, you don't, you know, you can't do anymore. We'll find something new. Mm-hmm. You know, dance in your kitchen when you're cooking dinner together. You we know, be silly. Talk about stuff that's fun to talk about, you know, get off the whole daily grind conversation if you can. Make sure that dating is, you know, we talk about that all the time, that that's part of your regular DNA. Buy a $3 recorder at 
Toys R Us. Indeed. That, that is quite fun, yes. actually. You would say don't do that. <laughs> but uh, just, you know, be silly together again and remember what it was like to just hang out and have fun together with your best mm-hmm. friend. Mm-hmm. Another possibility for couples uh, on New Year's Day is to think about the area that we are so invested in, marriage education, marriage enrichment, encouragement, all that kind of stuff. We encourage couples to read one good marriage book a year, at least do that. In fact, we'd like to recommend one to get you started this year in 2013. It's The Meaning of Marriage by Tim and Kathy Keller. It's been out for uh, a year or so. Let's see. (laughs) Plug of the week. That's right. It's a biblical perspective on marriage, but it's uh, it's so rich, so practical, so real. I mean, really very well researched. We also encourage couples to go to either a marriage retreat every year or attend a marriage enrichment event or a class. Um, we do the dinner and a marriage thing. here. If you live in the Houston area, that's always a great, mm-hmm. easy, fun date night thing that you can do with us. Be a perpetual student of marriage and of your partner. What's more important than that. You know, you think about all the other things that you invest your learning capacity into, and and that's great. I love being a learner. I love to read, and you do too. Mm-hmm. You know, we're both uh, into learning things, and mm-hmm. I, it's great to be a lifelong learner, but to to learn how to do relationships better is probably one of the richest things you can apply yourself to in your life. Well, it's, an, it's a gift you give to everyone you're in relationship with when you what learn you to be, you know, you learn to be better at relationships. That's a gift to your spouse, but it's also to your kids and your friends mm-hmm. and your coworkers. And it's kind of a gift that keeps on giving. I'm always amazed when we host our annual marriage retreat that there are always several couples who've been married far longer than we have. Yeah, they should be teaching Yeah, they should actually be teaching it. But I'm I'm thinking that's what I want to be. When mm-hmm. I've been married 40 years, 50 years, I still want to be learning and right. you know, cuz you're never you never arrive, you never figure it all out. Yeah, exactly. And then a final category that we talk about a lot as well is spiritual intimacy. And this might be the most important of all. Make sure that you're connecting on a spiritual level. Because marriage is a spiritual relationship, and and even if everything else or almost everything else is hitting on all cylinders, your spiritual intimacy together is such a reflection, we think, on where the relationship really is. So you might want to set a goal of, of maybe being more regular in your worship attending together if you attend in the same place, or maybe... Uh, you want to carve out time for a Bible study or a devotional reading together. Um, we know a lot of Christian couples who practice a lot of spiritual disciplines on their own. But yeah, that, like she goes to a Bible study, he's got a men's group, you know, she's in a mom's prayer group or whatever. That. No, those are all great things. But sometimes Christian couples don't do those things together, uh-huh. and I think they're kind of missing out on something. And we want to be careful that we're not trying to say – we're not being legalistic about you need to have a, a spiritual checklist of things that you need to be checking off. That's exactly you right. You know, just are there spiritual disciplines that you can be engaging in together that would actually enrich your yeah. relationship? Exactly. As all Always, all what we're concerned about is that you're growing closer together. Right. And couples that pray together, I mean, we're absolutely convinced of this. That that just creates a bond like sex that is just very hard to come against. Mm-hmm. You know, it really spiritual glue. Mm-hmm. Setting goals in marriage is not much different than setting goals in any other area of your life. Most of the time. 
you know, a 180 degree change, that that's not going to be sustainable. Mm-hmm. So it's like like paleo. <laughs> the paleo <laughs> diet that we were so successful that with. We were lasted for uh, 10 minutes on. I'm still no, I mean, and I'm not dissing that diet, by the way. I don't yeah, want any listeners I'm like emailing it. us. Um, it, I mean, but but what I'm saying is, we went like just cold turkey, just turned everything around uh-huh. in the next day, and it was really hard to sustain that. Like I think looking well, back, because we there's sh- not a lot of paleo items at your That's local true. Tex-Mex restaurant. But I think we. Sh- so. But what I'm trying to say is, we probably should have like eliminated one thing mm-hmm. and then worked on that for a couple of weeks, and mm-hmm. then you know just made small changes, and then over time it starts to look a lot different. So in setting goals for the year and your relationship and so forth, give yourself a lot of grace mm-hmm. and, and uh, just just move forward. That's that's what we want to encourage you to do is just keep moving forward incrementally together. Keep praying. Mm-hmm. You know, really, really depend on God to produce the fruit of what we're talking about. A lot of times we get so anxious of trying to do these things in our own strength. And, you know, like I always say, in my own strength, I can do something about 10, 11, 12 minutes. You know, I've, with, without God's help, I'm just not going to get very far. Yeah, and I think your point of being patient is really key because I think about something our friend Jim Harrington has said before, and I'm not sure if it's original to Jim or if he's quoting someone else, but um, he talks about when you're in organizations or businesses or nonprofits, mm-hmm. people tend to overestimate what they can do in a year, mm-hmm. and they underestimate what they can do in 10 years. Oh, right. And if you apply that to marriage, I think the same is true. Sometimes mm-hmm. people want just this radical change. We're turning everything around, and in two months, I want to see huge differences. Mm-hmm. Well, you might be kind of underwhelmed by the change that happens in two or three months. But a year from now, you know, your marriage could really be in a different place if you just put some things in Well, it's like that title from Eugene Peterson, a long obedience in the same direction. You know, that's uh, over over the course of time, things really do uh, change if you stay uh, consistent and faithful. And for sure, God is always consistent and faithful, and that's the best news of all. Well, if you'd like to contact us, you can find us at marriagetothemax.org, and you can also check out homeencouragement.org. And if you'd like to uh, visit with us on email, our email address is thehursts at homeencouragement.org, and we'd love for you to follow us on Facebook and the Twitter as well. <laughs> So anyway, until next time, remember, healthy marriage, healthy world. God bless y'all.